Coming up tonight on an episode of the Big Footy International podcast, we talk to Matt Bishop, the coach of the United States men's team, The Revolution, all about his team's preparations and their expectations and their goals for the International Cup. All that and more coming right up. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another International Big Footy Podcast. I'm talking today to Matt Bishop, the coach of the United States Men's Revolution. Uh, good morning, Matt. Yeah, good morning, Jason. Well, Thanks after, for me. Afternoon, as the case may be for you. Uh, no, that's true. It you've is, been. Uh, <laughs> How long have you been the coach of the Revolution for? Yeah, I took up the role in uh, 2009, so just heading into my sixth year. Okay, so you were the coach at the last uh, International Cup? Yeah, that's correct. And how did you go there? Yeah, we, we did, did well. Uh, we certainly, uh, I guess, exceeded our expectations. I took on the role just after uh, the boys participated in the 2008 International Cup and they were disappointed with their seventh place finish that year. Uh, the US has been known to be quite competitive at previous International Cups and that was probably their worst uh, worst finish. So they were certainly looking to, to get back to where they believe they should be. Um, but, you know, that was a goal and, and the guys worked hard and they eventually ended up finishing fourth, uh, losing to Papua New Guinea in the semi-finals and then losing the third place game against New Zealand. Absolutely. Um, I see you finished third in 2005, but obviously you weren't part of that then. That's right. Yeah, I was I was not involved. But uh, fourth in 2011, it's not too bad. Just behind the big three, as it were. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, especially given that it was the biggest international cup in terms of the number of teams participating. It was 18 teams. So to finish fourth, and I guess... As you, as you sort of suggested, to be the best of the rest, uh, was it was a, a good result. Okay. Um, you've got, a, obviously, a full squad going through this year, and most of them are based in the United States? Yeah, they're, they're all based in the United States. So we've got 28 coming out in August, and, yeah, everyone's, everyone's based here in the US. And how many staff have you got going with them? We have uh, three assistant coaches, a team manager, and we usually have one trainer, but we're actually bringing two out this time. We've got someone that's really interested in getting more involved, so it's quite the staff prof- of six. Quite the professional setup. Yeah, yeah, it's it's all a volu- it's all voluntary, of course, uh, but it's just wonderful to have so many sort of talented and skilled people that are willing to put their time into it and and to make the effort to get out, you know, for two weeks to be part of this. Okay. Um, <clears throat> sorry. Uh, I have some editing to do this one. Look, <laughs> where are we? What sort of qualification process do you have to undergo to make the men's team? Because I talked to Lee Barnes earlier, and like, because the women are sending two teams, it sounds like they turned up at the the, the nationals and just went, "You can go in. You can go in. You can go. You can go." 
Yeah, yeah, the, the women's program certainly at a different stage to the to the revolution program. I think I kind of picked up the revos sort of in a similar place to where the freedom are now, where it was more who could sort of afford to go. Um, there was a selection process, of course, so there was no disrespect to the no, people no, involved previously. Not, no. But we uh, we we realised that to to sort of progress and and to get where we wanted to get to, we were going to have to tighten things up. So we. We really started to uh, try and implement a few things that the guys should do in their own time, and then of course some things to do as together as a team. And the thing we have a training camp every year, usually earlier in the year, where we get everybody uh, out to a location in the U.S. and uh, take them through a number of aspects of the game, and sort of going right through from things from fitness right the way through to you know game strategies and things like that. And then everything else is done remotely with guys spread all over the US so we've really had to utilize technology as much as possible and really utilized uh, Google Hangouts uh, more than we ever thought we would so I'm just glad that technology is there. Okay now your uh, your first game is uh, against Finland I believe at uh, Royal yeah. Park. Yeah that's right we just found that out this morning. Uh, yeah, it's on the, uh, the if you're wondering the fixtures on the AFL website uh, now but yep. um, you've got uh, Finland um, and then you've got Canada which will be uh, another fun game for you how do you <laughs> yeah, it's, it's quite <laughs> ironic isn't it it's the one team that we can the only one team we get to play every year and this will be the second international cup in a row that we play them and out in Australia so it's very ironic. Finishing off the pool section with a game against Sweden. So some uh, some unknown quantities there for you? Yeah, actually, I think we, we actually finish uh, playing New Zealand uh, in, is our third game uh, for pool play. So we've got a big one to finish, what, finish off with. Uh, sorry, yes, New Zealand, not Canada. Canada have Sweden. Um, so, yeah, that is a big one for you to finish off with. How do you, how do you think you'll go against the big three this year? Well, against New Zealand at least, because you don't play Ireland or New Guinea. Yeah, they're, they're, obviously they're the, the big three uh, because of their performances over the last four international cups. And uh, uh, we, we've, we're obviously trying to make ground as much as we possibly can, but we, we know it's going to be difficult given that uh, those sides uh, have a number of uh, players participating in leagues throughout Australia. Um, I'm led to believe that about 50% of Ireland's team are actually based in, the, in in Australia, playing together. That's what I'm told, yes. Yeah. In fact, so that's, that's uh, true for a lot of teams. I'm, I'm honestly impressed that uh, you guys aren't bringing any women, uh, not aren't bringing any <laughs> players from Australia into the side. So it's it's pretty much all through your Nationals program and then into uh, into the World International Cup. But So that, that in itself is impressive. Yeah, it does, certainly makes it more challenging. We'd love, to, well, we certainly push for our guys to get out to Australia and and play when they can. We do have a number of guys on the squad that have been out to Australia and perhaps played a season um, sometime in their career, maybe over the last five years. Um, but they only usually you can usually only do that for about six to twelve months, and then they, they have to come back. Mm. But some uh, quite a few guys do have some experience at least playing out in Australia. But they certainly don't have the resources. We don't have the resources, you know, like a New Zealand has that has the support of Hawthorne, and they've done really well in terms of their development programs they've implemented. And we're a long way from getting that in place too. But I think you most know, we places continue are. to try and do what we can. 
most most places do lack that kind of uh, dedication from a, from a specific club to uh, provide that kind of funding and support that Hawthorne have for New Zealand. Um, yeah. I talked to India last night, uh, the guys in India, and they, they, they get some support from Richmond, but most of it is based on when they come to Australia for the International Cup, and the rest of it's mainly gear-based, and uh, they do some uh, coaching stuff, I think. But uh, it's... Yep. Yeah, I mean, it'd be nice if other clubs would do the same thing for other countries, but... Uh, yeah. Yeah, it would be a great opportunity. We've been fortunate the last couple of years uh, sort of to establish a relationship with St Kilda who uh, conduct their uh, pre-season training camp in Colorado. We, we managed to get a couple of guys out there for a weekend and sort of get loosely involved with them a little bit in terms of training. And one of their development coaches in Paul Hudson has taken time out the last two years to run a training session for these guys. So, you know, small things like that certainly make a big difference. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, you had the 49th Parallel Cup earlier this year, or late last year. Yes, uh, it's hard ha- to believe. It's almost 12 months ago now. It was back in August. How, how did you guys do there? Yeah, the, the 49th Parallel Cup, we, we played two of those in between the, the uh, International Cup years. One is in the US, and then the one last year was up in uh, Canada, up in Edmonton. So travelling is always a little bit more of a challenge, but we took a, 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 a quite a strong team, and uh, the boys... Started really well. We've worked hard at, you know, getting them to understand the game plan and, uh, you know, without actually playing together very often, it's only twice a year, but uh, we work hard for them to really understand that game plan and try and implement it. In the first half up in Canada, they actually did quite well, got themselves out to quite a good lead and then the game sort of degenerated a little bit after that and uh, we didn't really stick to our plan as much as we'd have liked, but came away with a good win. I talked. To, I was talking to Lee Barnes about. It. He doesn't want to talk about it at all. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised he even uh, he didn't end the call there. But he, he, was, he was like, "We don't, we don't, we don't talk about that day." <laughs> <It's> not... <laughs> yeah, the Canadian ladies, I think, would have uh, frightened most teams, guys or girls. They were they were impressive. Do you do do the guys travel with the girls to the world, uh, the international couple? They travel separately. Yeah, well, everyone we sort of everyone travels separately to get out to to Australia, but then we're all staying at the same place and and certainly interact and support each other as much as we can. Is this like I know there's like sixty people in the in the women's touring party. Yeah, yeah, and we have about forty or so, I think. That, that that's going to make uh, one hell of a uh, a team to accommodate. Yeah, yeah, we're fortunate. You know, we've we've been lucky enough to find a suitable place in Melbourne, and and it's you know great that we get a few uh, family and friends come along as well so it is quite a contingent excellent uh, more more of you the merrier as they say yeah how do you expect to go at the international cup this year yeah look our we certainly you know would we are definitely our aim is to finish in the top four again and uh there's no doubt that our goal is to try and at least knock off one of those top three teams um and you know our sort of ultimate goal is of course to try and make the final and and get the chance to play on the hallowed turf of the MCG. So, um, you know, who knows what will happen. Uh, a couple of the other teams below us will certainly have improved as well. But we'd uh, certainly want to come... We're certainly aiming to come away with a top four finish at least. I think in your group at least, uh, I mean, the teams to beat there look like New Zealand, the United States and Canada. Uh, not not to put any slight on uh, on the other three teams that are involved, but they are lesser-known sides in that in that regard. 
Um, yeah, I was just going to say they've taken a very different approach to the way the the AFL's taken a very different approach to the way they've set up this international cup. Very different to the last one, and uh, one aspect of it is that the, the, the sort of really developing teams last time were segregated out into their own division quite early. Yeah. This time they're actually doing that a lot later. Yeah, you, you so I guess it gives those those teams a lot more exposure to the to the high quality football. I mean, I, I've I've talked to um, people in the the team for Great Britain, um, and they're they're very positive, um, and they look they look to be uh, heading into this uh, pretty favourably. The Irish, of course, are always going to be fairly fairly strong, and that looks like an interesting group. But uh, again. France and Indonesia and Fiji, I'm not sure just how strong they'll be. Um, you've got Pakistan playing India in the community yeah. round, which is the Indian guy was quite uh, amused by. Um, <laughs> Japan and to- Tonga is a bit unknown, but um, yeah. you've got South Africa and PNG. So there's a, there's a few good teams. There's a few uh, uh, lesser-known teams. And it's going to make for an interesting World Cup. What what do, what do you get out of being in the World Cup, Matt? Yeah, it's a, a great question. Um, I, I think overall, in terms of development of the game in the US, is where our biggest gains are made, and we're starting to see that now. Where a lot of the local clubs in the cities around the US, the the previous or even current Revolution players, have become increasingly more involved in their local clubs and we've now got several u.s coaches of teams uh, guys are a lot more involved in the administration side of things and there's even a few guys and girls that are um, that represent the usafl board you know so the national competition itself so i think that's where the biggest gains are made and, and getting these guys out into this sort of environment only accelerates that which is which is definitely one of our major aims Okay. So in the in the six years you've been coaching the Revolution, how have you seen much signs of improvement? Are they picking up the game better? Is the game plan coalescing a little more? Yeah, yeah. There's there's definitely been leaps and bounds made in that area. Just you know, I I always sort of thought I, I was involved in helping set up the club here in Sacramento as well, and I always said that if you know if I actually turn up to training one day and the conversation around the, the people that are there is more about the footy that was played on the weekend rather than the NFL or the basketball. You know, we certainly made it. And this year I've certainly seen a lot more of that. And uh, it, it's just fantastic that these guys are really adopting the game. And, you know, you can actually have a good conversation with them now about, you know, terms that are used in the lingo that's used in the game. And they, they're starting to get a much, much better understanding of it. What's what's the hardest part about coaching uh, a men's team? Well, this one in particular, being a national team in, in a big country like the US, is of course the, the geographic spread of all the players and, and not being able to get together too often. So we've I've, myself and the other assistant coaches have really had to think about and, and try a lot of different things to, to help guys. And technology has been the one that's helped a lot. You know, the guys can watch a lot more football now. The coverage we get here. You know, I probably watch more footy here now than I ever did in Australia because you were usually playing or involved in local clubs. Now you can you can watch just about every game you you want to watch. Uh, there's apps on phones and things where guys can record video of themselves kicking and send that to us, and we can analyse that and send them feedback. And 
So things have really changed a lot, and, and it's, it's certainly made our job a lot easier. Okay. Um, I haven't really got any more questions regarding uh, the, the the way the way the game is or the, how you're going to cut the International Cup or anything like that. But I do have just some questions about you. Um, sure. You, you played and coached in Australia? Yeah, I had a, a modest, uh, I guess, footy career. I started playing in central Queensland, of all places. I was born to Victorian parents, but they moved up to central Queensland uh, quite. I was, when I was about three. I eventually started playing footy around 12 and uh, played in, in there for, for several years and then moved to far south coast of New South Wales and started playing a bit of senior footy. But eventually I played most of my senior footy in uh, Brisbane and Sydney and began coaching in my last year of senior footy um, in Sydney. I was playing first grade for Manly Warringah in the first division league there and uh, took the chance to coach the reserve grade that year. Uh, then the following year, I actually moved over to the US. And you, <laughs> so you, you, you helped set up the Sacramento club? Yeah, I, I moved to DC actually first uh, in 2000, uh, 2005, late 2005, got involved in that club and I uh, was fortunate enough to be allowed to coach those guys in 2006 and seven, and helped in 2008. And uh, we took those... Myself and a couple other guys took those guys from sort of bottom of Division Two at the USAFL National Championships to winning Division Two in 2006, and then we went up to Division One and made the final in 2008. So it was quite a good progression, and had had a good group of young American guys that really uh, helped us out there. And then I uh, changed jobs and moved out to California to Sacramento. And at that time, there was no club here in Sacramento. So myself and my wife Amy, uh, we met with one other. Um, American lady Helen who was living here at the time had been playing footy but needed a bit of help to get the club up and running and so we, we took the chance to do it Okay um, There is one question I actually forgot to ask uh, Lee I might shoot him an email about it but uh, who should we be watching out for yeah. at uh, the International Cup for the US? Okay yeah there's um, we've got a couple of guys uh, that made uh, the world team in uh, 2011. Our captain, Andrew Werner, or his nickname is Tiger, uh, he made the world team and he'll be playing uh, full forward and probably a little bit of midfield. Our centre-half forward, uh, sorry, Andrew's from uh, the Minnesota Freeze. And then uh, Brian Dragas, uh, who now plays for the Golden Gate Ruse, uh, was named to the world team. In 2011, and also another guy from the Minnesota Freeze, uh, Stephen Fashion, uh, played midfield for us, and he was also named to the world team. So those guys will certainly all figure um, quite well. Uh, we have another guy, I think, that will stand out quite a bit. Uh, his name is Ben Carpenter, and I kind of struggle with his last name, but he's of Nigerian uh, descent. He's been living in the U.S. now for several years and only picked the game up last year. Uh, and won the Division One Championship with the Austin Crows last year and, and figured quite strongly in that game. And we look forward to seeing how it goes when we get down there in August. It's interesting you were talking about the freeze. I caught a news article, uh, a TV report on uh, the guys from the freeze uh, yeah. a couple of yep. days ago, um, which was quite interesting as well. You've got five guys from the freeze or something in the national side? Yeah, that's right. They, they're an incredible squad given... Yeah, Minneapolis is not a 
a destination for, for many Australians. So they've uh, done exceptionally well to the point where they took two men's teams and two women's teams to the national tournament last year, which was outstanding. And uh, those guys, they, there's several guys that have taken the chance um, in their, when they were studying at university to go spend six or 12 months out in Australia and play footy and they've come back and, and use that experience to help build their club there. So, yeah, we've got five guys and then uh, I think there's even more women representing the, the two women's teams than, than that as well. So quite a big contingent from Minnesota coming out. Oh, excellent. I've been talking to Matt Bishop, the coach of the United States Revolution side, uh, the men's team from the United States, and he'll be at the International Cup in August. Thanks for talking to us, Matt. Oh, fantastic. Thanks for the opportunity. It's been great.